Amen. If I can get my partners, uh, preaching partners this morning, come on up, grab a chair, grab a mic, and grab a water. Jonathan, April, Jari. We've been doing this uh, team effort these last few weeks. We're going to continue that for a little bit longer uh, just because it's fun, and uh, I like doing it. But we've been talking about worship, and uh, if it's your first time here, I'm Matt. I'm the pastor. If it's not your first time here, glad to see you. I hope everybody's warm enough in here. I'll turn the heater off, so... We don't get too warm, okay? Hey, but we're talking about worship, uh, and I want to give a shout out to our, our team that's been helping us, uh, our, our crew in the back, and Jonathan. His voice was a little out this morning, so Jerry had to fill in for him, uh, which is great that we have a great team to be able to do that. And there was a technical difficulty on one of those songs that didn't show up on my iPad, so I had to do it from memory. Praise the Lord. It was good. Thank know. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we've been talking about uh, refocusing last week. We talked about kind of shifting our focus back to what's most important uh, and, and why we do what we do, why we're here, why we're a church, why we worship. Um, this, this week is kind of uh, on, on the lines of resetting and kind of understanding the importance of worshiping together as a body. Um, you know, we've said before that if this is your only spiritual experience, you're going to be very spiritually hungry uh, throughout the week. This can't be all there is for you. Um, this is like a celebration time to come together and encourage each other and, and one voice, you know, hear your brothers and sisters in Christ singing with you the same praises and declarations. And, and so that's, that's our purpose on Sunday mornings is to get filled up to compound on what's already happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so on and so forth, right? So um, I want to talk today about, uh, and, and these guys are going to help me, about the physical uh, side of how we worship. Uh, kind of what that looks like when we're together. Um, not just what goes on inside of us when we don't, when we're not around anybody or when we're just standing still, you know, what's happening within us, because that is part of it, you know. Um, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later, but really just what does it look like to worship as a family together? And there's yeah. several models of church that churches have adopted uh, based, uh, I feel like sometimes they're based on preference and not on scripture. And so today we're just going to look at scripture. I'm not going to give you an opinion. I'm not going to give you like, well, my preference is this. I'm going to give you scripture this morning. And so if you get offended by an expression of worship this morning, you're getting offended with scripture, and that's something you can talk to the Holy Spirit about. But we're, we're not going to give you opinions up here this morning. We're going to tell you what the word says and how that looks for us. And then you decide, hey, Holy Spirit, help me understand how I can be more expressive in my worship based on your word, not someone's opinion, not some church tradition, but actually your word. That's our goal, right? We're by the book people, and we believe what God's word says, and we're going to live that out. So anyway, let's jump into it. The first thing I want to look at is a scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 6. I'm going to just read through these scriptures real quick, and then we can talk about it. Uh, David's bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. Uh, I think right before this happens, they actually mess up, and they try to put it on a cart with wheels, and it doesn't work out. So he actually has to follow the Lord's instructions on how to carry the Ark of the Covenant, which is carry the, the Ten Commandments, God's presence, right? And so... This is, they, they get this back to Jerusalem. He's setting up, you know, Jerusalem as the, the head place, right? And anyway, so this scripture takes place after that, or as that's going on. It says, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. Now, I know a lot of people think, he, they say he like wears underwear, but that's not true. Uh, it was, he was dressed not as a, a king, but as a priest. And that was very intentional for him. Um, uh, so David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing of the ram's horns. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, I've actually looked up how to pronounce this. There's uh, Michal is one way of saying it. Michael, Michal, I'm not, I ain't got it in me. The Cajun ain't coming out in that, sorry. Uh, but we'll say uh, Michal is one way of saying it. The daughter of Saul, we all know who Saul is, right? The guy tried to kill David, who David ended up taking his place as king, looked down from her window when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And I think this was every six paces they had to do this on the way there. So this was a very long trip to get the ark to where it needed to go. This was not just some quick trip. This was very intentional. It was very long. And it was, it was very much saying, God, you're getting the glory every step of the way. This isn't going to be a rush thing that we do. We're going to, we're going to take worship serious, take your presence serious, 
And so every six paces, he was having to uh, make a sacrifice to the Lord. And when he had finished his sacrifice, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of, uh, loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any uh, vulgar person might do. She's trying to twist what's happening here, right? David retorted to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord, who chose me above your father and all his family. Burn, baby, burn. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Wow. Yep. There's something about David's countenance that was different this time when he's marching into the city and he is bringing God's presence where it should belong and restoring proper worship for, for God's people. And he's, he's in, he takes his royal robe off and he's wearing this priestly garment that's meant for the high priest, understanding that we are in a, in a, a state of worship. Yeah. We're not here to do anything else but to give God glory. Yeah. And he totally understood that. And he was willing to look foolish not probably just to her, but to other people, I'm sure, too. Like, what is the king doing, you know? Um, it would be like me wearing that ball cap as worship leader and dancing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> they did have a headdress. That's right. Uh, yes, thank you. Go Cowboys. All right, so anyway, they are... David's being very intentional about his physical countenance when he's around the people here celebrating who God is, giving God glory. And a lot of times I think we think we come into a song service portion of worship and we have to be so in a box that we're scared to make any movement or say anything out of line because, well, what if I look stupid in front of the person next to me? What happens if they judge the way I sing? David's saying, I don't care about that. I'll look as foolish as I want to look because I know who I'm worshiping. And it ain't Mikel, it ain't me, it ain't anybody else in here. It's God. That's it. That's it. His countenance was important. He understood that, that what he was doing physically was also sending a message to people who were watching him from windows in the streets. This man's worshiping the Lord. And he's doing it like he's never done it before. Countenance, the Webster's Dictionary says, is a look or an expression. There are times, so I've told you this, I sit in that drum cage and play drums, and I'm so focused. I've got a permanent line here now, because I'm so focused on what's going on. I look mad at the world, and I'm not, but I am digging what's happening, and I'm just playing. But I'm like, I, I got to fix my face, because they're going to think I'm mad. They're not going to worship, because the drummer's so upset. Look at the Hulk back there. Like, what's he doing? And now I've got to get, you know, face injections to make sure this goes away. So I look like this the whole time, you know. I'm just kidding. But I know our countenance is important. When, I, when I'm worshiping with someone, when I'm praying for someone, my countenance is important. Does my face, does my, the expression of my body give a message that I believe that God is good? That he is holy, that he is worth everything I'm doing. Does my body say that? Because my words may say something. We know in relationship, I can tell Jonathan, hey man. You sounded really good this morning. He's going to know I'm lying. He's going to know right on my face and the wrinkle there too that I am not telling him the truth. I would never say that to you though. But our countenance is important, y'all. I'm not making jokes, but the countenance is important. The expression of our, of our bodies says something to God. That's why we say, hey, Raise your hands, not because we, we're trying to do some kooky dance here like it's a rave, but we're saying, hey, look, sometimes doing something physical can, can release something in you in, in the atmosphere saying, God, I'm surrendering to you. I'm just lifting my hands and surrender. This is uncomfortable for me. This is, may feel undistinguished, undistinguished. What's the word? I don't know. Whatever it is. Undignified. Foolish. But I'm not here for anybody else but Jesus. That's it. 
Give me your thoughts on, on the expression of David and this worship that looks undignified to everybody. We'll start with April. I think the thing that always has struck me about this is this was unusual, not just for a king, but for any worshipers, you know, and during this time. So David's doing something new. And I think that's huge. It's, um, it may not be as unusual in the modern church now. You know, people are dancing, people are raising their hands, they're shouting, they're singing. But this is very new and very different um, for this day and age. It, you're talking like um, the tabernacle and all these things. Like it was on, only the priests that had gone through these rituals of holiness and purity were able to be in the presence of the Lord. And here they're carrying the presence of the Lord through the streets and they're David's dancing. He is showing he is showing people how to worship the Lord. He's ushering this in. So this is a brand new thing that he's doing that now we get to join and be a part of. So to me it's it's it is groundbreaking worship for that for that day and age. Mm-hmm. Jerry, you got any thoughts? I know you do. Uh, that was good. Huh. I that was that was good. Um I uh I know, right? Um uh, the the dance, I mean, that's that's something for me that is outside of my norm. You know what I mean? Like, so if you see me jumping up and down and 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 stuff like that, that's you know that's those sacrifices that we talked about a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago. You know how worship looks different for different people. Yeah, what what the sacrifice to me may not be a sacrifice for somebody else. It it may be uh, somebody who's very introverted. It may look like raising their hand and bro they just gave their last cent you know what i mean that's what that may be what that is or somebody may be going through a terrible time in their life and just lifting their hands is the sacrifice of praise for them right so it's going to look different so for me jumping up around and you know jumping up around um is is it it would be very different for me right some people it would not be very different for because you know they that's something that that an expression that they have so to me that would be that would be something huge for me um and uh for me i mean it's happened before um if yeah i mean back at 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 community when i was at community church man there were there would be sometimes bro uh guys sorry um there would be there would be times where like i would just man i would just just feel just like this energy you know and i'm thinking about everything that god has done bro guys and and i would be like and i mean i was like i remember watching it on on video one time like oh my god it looked like i got shot out of a cannon or something (laughs) i didn't know what was you know i I knew what was going on but i was so excited about what god was doing um in me and our church and stuff and um so to me it's an expression it's an expression of our uh, of what God's doing, you know what I mean? I mean, I love that. Um, yeah. You know that. Uh, and to me, bro, it it just it hits me that a king would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that a that a king who is the utmost of of people in the country, you know. And then you know we look at that. We we follow example, right? We follow the example of our leaders. So yeah. What kind of amazing example was that for the for the people of Israel and for us? Right, that if a leader, if the highest guy in the land, is able to look look foolish for what I mean, that, that to me that opens the door for us. That it it yeah, yeah it kind of gives permission for yeah. you know what I mean. It, it opens that door for that for us to be like, bro, I don't have anything, I don't have anything to hide. I don't have any anywhere else to go. Man, I can I can just be free before the Lord. That's good. Any thoughts? First off, I want to say I don't get the chance to hear you guys every Sunday being up here. I have, like, headphones in. I try to keep my right headphone out so that I can hear you um, because I think it's a it's a beautiful thing. Like they talked about worshiping together. I love being able to hear you guys sing and hear your voices. Um, and I can't sing this morning, so I had to really sit there and, like, try to force myself to be quiet and not exert my voice. And I got to hear y'all sing really for one of the first times in a, a long time. And I just want to encourage you guys to keep stepping out, keep yeah. stepping out of your comfort zone. 
that that's what, that's what David did. That may not have been comfortable for him. That may have been very hard for him to do, to, to dance like that in front of people. And as a, as, like Jerry said, as a king, he's supposed to be a king, and he's supposed to look this way, and he's supposed to be refined and wear his, his clothes and maybe not a, a New York Yankees baseball hat. Um, but it's not about what the world thinks. It's not about that worldly view of what we look like or what even a king looks like to his people. It's about what he wants us to look like. He tells us to, that we're not going to get into the kingdom of heaven unless we look like a child, unless we become childlike. And if you see a kid dancing, my kid, she starts, she makes this weird face and she starts shaking her butt and stuff. And she loves just being goofy. And when she dances, she doesn't care what anybody thinks she looks like. She doesn't care at all. She doesn't even care what I think. She's having fun and she's doing her thing. And that's how God wants us to be. Whether it's wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat or a Yankees hat or priest's clothes. Yeah, maybe not Green Bay. Sorry, Mike. Uh, but all that to say, don't, don't let the opinions of others, even if it's your own family, don't let the opinions of others keep you from what God has for you. Step out. Don't be afraid. If you're, it doesn't matter what your voice sounds like. I don't have a voice this morning. I can, I can talk, but I can't sing. I was trying to sing earlier, and I sounded like a, a, a yodeler that got fired from the group. So don't be afraid to give God what you have. Even if it seems small to you, even if it seems small to the people around you, don't be afraid to give God what you have. That's good. That's good. Yeah, last night my kids and I—not well, me—I was actually videoing them. But they had—they wanted to do a little dance show before we went to bed. So we turned all the lights off to the fireplace, and I had my cell phone out, and they all had their own songs to do. But they were not just acting crazy in their dancing, but they were excited that I was excited to watch them. You know, I'm like, man, if that ain't a picture of God, like He's just excited to see us be us, who He created us to be. Uh, I'm gonna go through a few little things here, um, some some scripture. Again, we're going to throw scripture at you. These guys have something they want to share as well. But uh, we're talking about expression and our expression, our countenance. What does that look like? Because what you do in your seat on Sunday morning could also encourage someone next to you who may be, like Jerry said, going through a, a place where they're like, I, I want to give God what I've got, but I, I don't know what to do. I am struggling this morning. I grew up in a church system that said that you only sang when you were told to sing, and you better sit still while you do it. The only time, if y'all have heard this, the only time we stood up in worship was to sing Standing on the Promises of God. When that was over, after verse 4, you sat back down, okay? The promises are over, the song is done, you sit down, okay? And I've always felt like uh, I was stuck in a box, and I couldn't get, get I, I was always uncomfortable, always uncomfortable. I'm like, we're singing about victory in Jesus, but no one seems like they're victorious. I mean, I grew up on hymns. You know, on a hill far away, sort of an old rugged cross. But no one seems moved by the message. It's just a hymn, just a song. Every once in a while, you'll bring out the old Hank Williams hymn. I saw the light, and, you know, you get one of these. And that was, whoo, worship was hot today, you know. And I'm not, I'm not trying to poke fun. I'm just trying to say that, that sometimes we feel like we have created, or I know we have created these systems that, that are based on preference and not scripture because it may scare us to step out of that box that we built for ourselves. And really, we're, we're outside of God's will when it comes to how we worship, I believe, and to be blunt with it this morning. So here's, here's nine different expressions I found just in Psalms, okay? Um, the first one's look at uh, Psalm 47, uh, 1. I got that right. I had the wrong scripture this morning on this, but uh, let's see. Um, Come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. So we've got clapping, we've got shouting. As long as we're doing the two and four, that's right. If you're a musician, you know what that is. Uh, so there's two expressions there. We clapped, we shout. But what are we shouting? We're shouting joyful praise. And I love the first part of this. It says, come. This invitation to come worship. Everyone. There's no limitation on who can come and shout and clap with praise. Let's go to the next one. Psalm 63, 4. Let's look at this. 
I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Another expression of lifting hands. This isn't something that we made up because it looks like a concert. You know, there's a lot of pastors that use that as a cliche, or not the cliche, but the illustration like, oh, you'll jump around at the concerts and you'll praise and scream at concerts, but you won't do it for, for Jesus. Maybe that's true, but maybe that's a good earthly example of us, of what it looks like to just be, you know, without limitations. Like, I'm going to scream hard for my football team or my favorite artist on stage. Like, that may be a good way to show you physically what it looks like to shout for praises to God. Anyway, let's keep going. Psalm 33. Let's look at this one. Um, that's a little small there. I'll try my best. Uh, let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. They're singing. We do sing, right? It is fitting for the pure to praise him. Praise the Lord with melodies of the, how do you pronounce it, lyre? Lear? Lear. There you go. We're not liars. We're leers. Uh, make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. For the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. We're going to stop there. So we have, um, we have singing and we have playing instruments. You know, I grew up in a church also that said that there was no instruments allowed in worship. Now, we were the black sheep because we had a piano. You know, we were breaking the rules. But I always ask the question. Again, this is why it's important for us to be people of the word and not of, of uh, preference. I said, why do we not have instruments in worship? Well, that was Old Testament. I said, well, and this, I'm a young kid, okay? I wasn't always the brightest one in the room. But I said, so wait. God gave instructions to use instruments in worship just for the Old Testament. When Jesus came, he stopped liking instruments? Yep. Okay. So uh, clearly, uh, that's not the heart of God. I think he gives us the talents and abilities to create instruments and, and use instruments to bring him glory. And he loves whatever's just and good, and his love is going to fill the earth as we sing praises to him. Let's go to the next one. Psalm 40, uh, verse 1. We've got, uh, for the choir director, uh, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned, me, turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. So one of the, a couple expressions here, but we see another singing um, and, and standing, standing on firm ground, solid ground. Sometimes standing up out of our chair is a prophetic act to say, God, I am standing. I'm not just singing about it. I'm standing on the promise that you are good and you have steadied me. You're walking with me. You're holding me as I do life with you. And it says that as we do this, a new song to sing. This is one Jerry's going to highlight here in a second, but this new song this hymn of praise, many will see what he has done and be amazed. Our worship is a testimony to people around us. How we worship, what we say, what we declare, all that kind of stuff can impact somebody's life. We need to take that serious. Uh, the next one, uh, Psalm 95. Here's another expression of worship that we see. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. So we have bowing and kneeling. Some of you are like, I haven't bowed and kneeled since uh, you know, 1979. That's okay. Maybe it's just raising your hands for you is what your expression should be. But that is an expression of worship that sometimes the priests, when they went to the Holy of Holies, all they could do was lay flat on their face because of the presence of God. Sometimes just bowing down on your knees is all you can do in that moment to say, God, I'm surrendering. I'm giving you praise and glory. It's not about me. It's about you. And I want people to know that it's not about me, that it is about you. And so I'm going to do this act as a, as a sign of expression of worship for me, uh, to you. All right, let's go to the, uh, the last one I've got here, Psalm 194. And we just talked about this. Um, but Psalm 194 says, Praise his name with dancing, accompanied by a tambourine and a harp. Do not bring a tambourine. No, I'm just... For the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. But there's this idea that sometimes it's good to just move, y'all. And it's not, you know, wrong for you to move in worship. 
I feel like we have these these ideas and these mindsets that we have to just be like this. Praises to your name. Like, no, get out and move. Yeah. Do something. I bounce on the keyboard until my knees and my heels hurt. But I'm like, move. And you're singing about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's something to move about, get excited about. All right. Last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to turn over these guys. I really feel like what the Lord is calling us to as we reset ourselves as a, as a people who, who live a worship lifestyle, okay, that encompasses everything from singing to preaching to all the different things, that it's an inside-out model. All the good that God's doing and saying inside of us comes out in how we worship and how we study and how we praise him and how we just interact with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It has to. It has to. Otherwise, I'm not sure a whole lot's happening. I mean, there's times where I get so excited about a new, new gift or something that I'm like talking to people. I can't stop talking about it. I, you know, I want to show people I'm moving. I'm doing something. When I see God doing something, I can't help but feel something and then do something with that feeling that I have inside of me. It's just overflowing. We live in that overflow, that inside-out model. Um, I wrote down just my notes. What's happening within us is manifested through us. So our bodies should reflect what's going on in our hearts. All right, I'll turn it over to you guys. Anybody can start. Okay. All right, April. Okay. Thank you. Um, there's been a theme, right? Psalms. And any, if you ever have questions about the model for worship, Psalms is a great go-to. David's beautiful at just exposing everything of, like, of how worship looks and how praise looks. One, one of the things that always sticks out to me is um, Dave, he keeps it very real, right? He'll be like, the enemy is five steps from my door. I have, I am marked for death. Woe is me. I have no idea. I'm hopeless. You know, he, he goes through this, like, I'm not having a good day kind of speech. But he doesn't stay there. He doesn't stay there, right? So this is Psalms 59, 16, and he literally is just talking about, in the scriptures before, Saul sent soldiers to kill him. They're, they're waiting at his door to kill him. And he says, but as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning, I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. Oh, my strength. To you, I sing praises. For you, O oh God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. So he's not afraid to, to say where he's at physically or mentally. He's not afraid to tell it like it is to God. But he never stays in that place. He always follows it up with truth and who God is. And I shared this Thursday night at practice. Like, I studied... Uh, neuroscience and psychology and counseling and, and your brain chemistry, we call it neuroplasticity, it actually changes when you praise. It changes when you think positively. It changes when you make those declarations of truth. Your brain changes. And right. Yeah. So the flip side of the coin is if you're not declaring his truth and his goodness and his hope over you, you get stuck in those rut of thoughts of despair, right? So praise changes your brain, which changes how you think about yourself. And how you think about yourself changes your feelings, which changes how you act. So praise transforms your life. Um, I want to I wanna bring up a couple of things. Um, hey, uh, Ryan, I'm, I may uh, throw you a curveball if that's okay. All right, I appreciate that. Um, so first of, first thing is we sang a song this morning uh, when you walk into this room and I just want to use it as an example. Can you go to the, um, to the, uh, the bridge part of that? Okay, excellent. Now there, there's a line in here that the first time I sang this song or heard the song, I was like, what? So Look at this. It says, come and consume, God, all that we are. We give you permission. Why does God need our permission? Bro, like, first time I heard that, I was like, God doesn't need my permission. And 
And that, to me, is an, is an amazing line because God doesn't need our permission. He's God. He could come down and just smash every one of us, right? They, he's God. He could do that. But God has given us free will. So God doesn't need our permission, but this is a heart posture of us saying, I give you God permission, right? Like, I am making a, a conscious, intentional decision, God. And, you know, because the Holy Spirit, I, I, maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't, but the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, right? He's not going to go into places that we don't call him, to, that we don't give him permission. So, you know, and I say all those things because if there is ever a time in worship, what, what we're singing, what we're, you know, those things, and you have a question, come ask. Okay, like don't just don't just take those things for granted. And be like, well, we sing this song. I don't know why we sing this song, right? I mean, Matt, you know, alluded to that earlier. It's like, hey, if if we sing things that you don't understand, or you're like, hey, I, I'm kind of not sure about that, come and ask us, yeah, because that is a part of you taking taking this for yourself. This is your this is your church. This is well, I mean, it's not a church, but you know what I mean. This is. This is a part of us being a family. Yeah. And if you don't understand things, come ask. Right? If you have questions, ask. If you don't, yeah. you know what I mean? If if it's a if it's a tough question, ask Jonathan. If it's not, <laughs> ask me. I'm totally good with that, right? No. But but for real, it's like like this is this is your faith. This yeah. is your worship that you are giving to God. If you have questions about what's going on, you know, please come ask, right? And you know, I'm just saying, like, don't don't take things for granted. This is not this is not where we're at, right? This is, hey, let's 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 find out together. Let's let's do this together. Iron sharpening iron. We're going after Jesus with everything that we have together, right? If you, hopefully, nobody feels like this, but if you feel like you're doing this on your own, bro, come come talk to me. Come talk to somebody. You're not alone, right? God never created us to be alone. He created Adam and Eve, right? We're not supposed to do this alone. Let's walk together, yeah. right? Cool. All right, so what I was going to talk about <coughs> so is uh, this. <laughs> sorry. Um, this is something that has kind of been on me since I was a worship pastor over at Community Church is the this um, new song. Um. And we, it happens here as it, you know, sometimes as well. I just think it's super, super important for us to understand as a congregation, um, as a group of people going after worship and worshiping Jesus, that we understand what's going on. Because I think me and Matt were talking about this, this morning is that sometimes, you know, we worship leaders, we get, we have had this language and we're like telling people stuff and, and sometimes we get the, the looks of what? And so I just, I want to kind of, you know, pull the curtains back on those things, you know? Why, why not? Let's, why not us know, you know, what's going on and, and actually learn together what, what worship looks like. So um, we call it the new song, where at least in, kind of in the 90s and early 2000s, we call it the new song. You know, now we call it spontaneous worship. So people will call it that. Um, but it's basically when we go off of here, we, when we go off of the, you know, the, the words yeah. that we have, uh, that, you know, the song that we're singing. Right. And sometimes that, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll look out in the, uh, into the congregation and people are like, what do I do? Like, sometimes the band's like that too. I mean, it could, it could be, it could be, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's that look of, I don't know what to do right it's like okay give me words cool but now Jonathan went somewhere and I don't know what to do with this so I'm just gonna stand here so I just would like to kind of pull back the curtains on that right pull back the curtains everybody understand that like Wizard of Oz kind of thing yeah like okay anyway all right so I just don't I don't like I don't I don't want there to be things hidden I don't want there to be like you know, words that we use that are church words that pe sometimes people don't understand those That's things. Right. Or we say a phrase and they're like, what? You know, I just like, let's, man, let's learn this together and work together and grow together. And so, anyway, um, so we'll, we will at times, oh, I, oh, I did it today. Um, sorry. I, sometimes, like, it, think it, 
you know, hits me, and, and like, I'm just like, I feel like God is going, you know, in a, in a direction, right? Um, and sometimes we'll, we'll go off from the words that are up on the screen. Um, and if I could, um, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll name some scriptures here in a second, but if I could, during that time, I know not everybody is a singer, right? And I know people get bothered by that. I know, I, we, I know we talked about that a little bit. But at the same time, if I could encourage you, during that time, think about the things that God has done for you. Yeah. Like, and, and talk, remind him about those things, right? The, the, the word talks about, about us reminding God, right? And, and, and it's, like a, it's like a memorial of the things that God has done, right? We are speaking testimony. And the word testimony actually means to do it again right to do it again god right so when we are when we are speaking those things that god has done in our lives done in our family's lives you know um done in our own lives done at work for us done at wherever right we are like what april said we are encouraging ourselves we are encouraging ourselves in the lord and we are reminding god of, of the things that he's done so when 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 jonathan says Guys, let's let's just sing a new song to God. That's not time to be like, ah, Jonathan's gonna sing something cool. You know, this is a time where we get to say, I'm going off the page here of what Chris Tomlin wrote, right? Chris Tomlin? Chris Tomlin wrote, you know what I mean? And and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna remind God of the things, the amazing things that He's done in our lives. So if I could, this time would be to either sing if you want to, or just say, just speak out those things that God, that you know that God has done in, in your life. Okay? So, um, so, not silence at that point. And, I mean, unless you feel like, hey, let me just be silent here, that's cool too. But at that, at that time when, we're, when we say, hey, just sing your own song to God, that's a, that's a chance for you to go off the page and be like, God, Chris Tomlin didn't quite say it well enough for me. I'm so, like, it hits me so hard, that line in um, uh, Praises Be Lifted High, the third song that we sang, you know, that uh, the, uh, your, your name is love. This is the second one. Um, your, your name, uh, love, it always finds me. Bro, like, that hits me to think, man, look at that guy. But... But it's a love that always finds me. Now, look, that may not hit you, but that hits me every single time I say that line. Because of, because of a lot of experiences in my own life, right? So I just want to say that, that, you know, that, that when we hit those times, remind God, man, you came to find me. When, no, when I felt like nobody else cared, you came and found me. I was turned away from you, and you came and found me. I was a, you know, what, whatever. Whatever that looks like for you. And remind him of the things that he's done. Because not only are we reminding God, because of course he knows everything, remembers everything, but we're reminding ourselves. We're reminding our hearts of the good things that God has done. So, like, when we hit those times, and, you know, and, I'm singing something, and you're like, what? Right? Those are times where, where you get to say. And I, I love this, and then I'll, I'll oh, I was going to bring scripture up. Um, um, uh, so 90, uh, Psalm 96, 1. It says, um, uh, what does it say? All right, go. So it says, sing, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Yeah. Now, that word new is... It's got some. It's got some some Hebrew on it, but it's like chadash is that word, and it just means a new thing, something fresh, right? And uh, Charles Spurgeon says it like that. It says a new song always is always new. Keep uh, keep up the freshness of your praise. Do not dribble down into dull routine. We have we have new mercies to celebrate. Therefore, we must have new songs. This is the freshness, and, then, and I'll say this real quick, and then, then I'll be done. Because sometimes, uh, uh, anyway, you know, um, 
I know my, my brain goes all over the place. So, new song to me are, are beautiful. And I look at it like this. When my kid, when my kid brings me, okay, this was a long time ago, I love you, Nick, um, and, and Micah. Um, but when they would bring us stuff right from, from kindergarten or whatever, right, they would be the ugliest pictures in the world. You know what I'm talking about? Look, don't, don't. You, know, you can look me in the eye and we, we ain't know what that was, right? It would be like blue paint and then all swirls and stuff like this, right? But they knew. But they knew what it was. And I'm telling you, I valued that more than them giving me a picture that was given to them by their Sunday school teacher, you know what I mean, that just said Jesus loves you or whatever, right? I value their imagination. I value the thing that they have done. So while I love Chris Tomlin, I love, you know, the, all the people that write worship songs. I, the, the, so valuable. But how much more valuable is it that, that you bring your own song to God? That you paint your own picture to God that, that, that he can put up on his refrigerator. That my, kid, my kid did that for me. You know what I mean? It's, it's beautiful. Like, so when we say sing a new song to God... Sing a new song, like sing something that nobody has ever heard before. Whisper something that nobody else has heard before. Tell God and remind God of the things that he has done in your life. Because those are those paintings, right? It may not look like anything to anybody else, but he's so proud of that. And it touches his heart. Yeah, that's worship, guys. That that right there, that is worship. Yeah, so I so when we when we talk about singing the new song, that's what we're talking about. Sing your own song to God, right? We probably won't use, now it's time for spontaneous worship. You know what I mean? It's not It's not going to be, we probably won't say that, but if, if we say, if we start going off, off of this like that, right? I, I want to encourage you, don't just sit there. Take that time to draw a beautiful painting for God, okay? Take that time to, 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 to doodle something that, 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 that has touched your heart. Right? Because that is worship. That's okay. good. That's good. Any thoughts? I got a couple. That was, that was really beautiful. Um, I, the first thing that came to my mind when Matt uh, messaged us asking us to talk this morning was just heart posture. Um, like what are, Jerry kind of alluded to it, but what does your heart look like during worship? I know, Matt, we're, we're talking more about the physical thing, but uh, this spurs the physical thing what what is on the forefront of your mind when we're in worship if it's not god then you're not doing worship right that's not truly worship um so we should put our hearts and our minds completely on him and if that means just taking some time at the beginning of worship or taking some time in the morning before you even get here just speak to him and say god this is what's on my mind this is what's going through my head right now I give all of this to you because I want to spend this time this morning worshiping with my church family, worshiping you. I don't want to be thinking about anything else. I don't want to be thinking about what happened to me last night or what could happen later on in the day. I want to put my mind and my heart towards you. you um, and that's that's what I got. I don't have a, I don't have a whole, whole that lot was, that was going beautiful. on. But, yeah. well, I want to tag on to that. As we, we're going to get ready to start wrapping this up this morning, but I want to tag on to that. One of the things that I was talking to Jerry about this morning is that and he, he gave me the other side of this, but I wrote down that pride births performance. And if you're not careful, all the expressions of worship that we're talking about, if, if we're not careful, we can, well, how good can I sing? How good can I clap my hands? How good is my singing or, or preaching? Whatever it is, like, we start letting pride get in there and it's birth a performance that's not supposed to be there. And he actually tagged on to that and said, but also fear too. That fear can do the same thing. I, I'm scared. I don't. You know, so now we're, we're in this trap of trying to do something that we shouldn't be doing, and we're getting away from what Jonathan's saying, a heart posture of authentic worship. And I, I wrote that down, that our heart posture will determine our authenticity. So if our heart's where it should be and focused on what it should be, even if it's just for the hour to help you get through the hour, whatever it is, that as we posture our heart towards God, it produces an authentic worship uh, in and through us. I want to read one more scripture to you as we kind of wrap things up, and I'll let these guys have any final thoughts. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Just some other elements of corporate worship that we can see. And we got to be careful that we don't let pride come in the way of trying to say, well, look how good I am because of the gifts that God's given me. But he says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. 
When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell a special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must be, must be, everything that's done must strengthen all of you. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, that's where I want to, uh, there we go. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and one, someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy, and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. All is in, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. All right, we'll stop there. So there's a lot of elements here. Just singing, teaching, words of knowledge or special revelation, speaking in tongues and interpretation, prophesying. These are all elements on top of the other expressions that we see in worship. But they're all to be done within accordance of God's word and his spirit. And anything outside of that is not from God. There's, there's also a lot of places I didn't grow up in, but I kind of got into the system where the more that happened, the more spiritual you, you seem as a church. Well, God's moving because all of this stuff's happening in one service. Well, that's great. What's the fruit of the ministry? What's the fruit of the people? You know, if only one thing is, is spoken in a service, but that one thing came from God and it was enough to move the hearts of God's people, that's enough. God's a God of order and peace not disorder and chaos just because everybody can doesn't mean everybody should and we have to, to get out of the performance and so here's my challenge for you um, as we're talking about reset I'm gonna let these guys close out with final thoughts this week is about resetting I want you to really challenge yourself to reset how do I worship and why do I worship the way I do is it because of tradition and preference or is it because I'm aligning myself with God's spirit and his word and he's doing something new in me not just a new song, but just a whole new way of how I express my, my great, gratefulness and, and, and worship to him and my thankfulness towards him. Doing something new. A call to worship is a call to action. It's not a call to sit still and just wait for someone to tell you what to do next. I was going to say, as Jerry was talking about, those moments where they pull away from the mic and it's kind of spontaneous or whatever it is. Even if it's in the middle of a song, that we're singing the verse of a song, but God hits you with something... Just go with the spirit there. Don't wait for the prompt. Just do what God's telling you to do. And if you get out of line and got out of order, someone will help you get back where you're supposed to be. We'll guarantee that. It'll be this guy here. <laughs> no. But again, we're talking about order here, but we're talking about freedom to express ourselves in a really pure way, to really worship God in a pure way and say, I'll get even more foolish than this. I am dancing. I'm singing. I'm declaring. I'm prophesying for the Lord. All right. Final thoughts, guys. Um, oh. Okay. So, for for me, mine always goes back to the same thing. Number one, God loves you, and He is in love with you. He doesn't tolerate you. He's in love with you. Okay, so please understand that. God's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. He loves you. Okay, number two, everything that we're talking about here for the past few weeks, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Okay, so please, please, like, look, I, if, if I were out there right now and, and listening to the things like my, my I don't know, person, whatever, I would autom be, automatically be like, oh my God, I got to be perfect next week. <laughs> I, when he says, sing a new song, what do I do? You know what I mean? Like. I would automatically feel the stress of now I have to do that. And they are expecting me to do that next week. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Pressure comes from the enemy. Amen. Grace, understanding, those things come from, from God, from the Holy Spirit. Yes. It is, let's walk together. This is not something that you're doing on your own. This is something that we do together. We grow together. Yeah? Amen. So don't feel the pressure of, 
Now I got to be perfect at the new song by next week. Let me read some scriptures, right? Okay, this is something that we get to practice, man. God, I mean, it is so amazing to get to practice these things on your own. Practice them. What am I going to say next week? All right, cool. Do that. Like, what, what, you know, practice those things of what God has done. Practice talking about those things of what God has done. Even if you do it through your mirror, that's cool. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying, practice those things. Right? So, God loves you. I just want to leave that, leave you with that. God loves you. I got something to add on to that, too, is don't be afraid to fail when you do those things, either. Because you can't, you can't learn without failure. Um, I wouldn't be here or up on stage ever if Matt didn't let me fail a bunch of times. A bunch of times. Um, I came up here and tried to sing this morning, and that was a fail. Like the yodeler I talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, I just uh, everything that Jerry's saying, I agree with 100%. Um, I just want to speak that freedom over you guys to be free to fail. Because you can't learn without failing. You can't get to the place where you know and you're ready to sing a new song unless you step out and you're going to mess up. It's okay. You're going to mess up. I mess up. I come up here, and I, I think God's given me something, and then... I feel like I look over at everybody else in the room and nobody else is moving in that way. And I don't feel like Holy Spirit may not be moving in that way. It might just be you, but that's okay. Yeah, it could just be just for you, not for anybody else. It could just be just for me, and I'm not supposed to sing it in front of everybody. But that's okay. That's where that learning process comes. You come, you, you learn by failing. You learn by doing it repetitiously and continuing to do it. So, again, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid of correction because... If you're if you're here and you're you're doing something and somebody corrects you, you may not be doing it right. Don't be afraid of that. Don't don't take so such great offense to correction because we can't learn to do things right if we aren't corrected. Um, so yeah, that's why. That's really good. April. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think when we think about worship, we worship because he's good. We worship because he's worthy. We worship because we're we're commanded to do so. Shout unto the Lord. Sing a new song. Um, enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. Um, this this is part of part of worshiping and serving and loving the Lord. And um, you know, Jonathan mentioned like, what? Well, if you've had a bad night or a bad morning or you don't feel like it, well, it's okay. Sometimes we do things that we don't feel like doing all the time, right? Like you you drop it at the door when you walk in, and and he meets you right here. It's not about I felt it or my heart was stirred in worship. It's an act of obedience. It's an act of sacrifice. So you come in those doors and you don't feel it. It's okay. We're going to give them our praise and we're going to give them our worship, whether our emotions feel it or not. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys and we're in this together. We're on this journey together of resetting and really refocusing our hearts to what God wants based on his word. Again, not our preference, but on what God is, God's word says us and, and what, he, what he desires for us. So I'm going to pray over you guys and thank y'all for being so attentive and not wrestling and all that kind of stuff. It's really nice. Uh, I'm going to pray and then you guys are, are free to go. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these families, uh, for this family, God, and, and for all the church families that are here in Orange County and beyond that are just worshiping and, uh, and putting our hearts and our focus on you, God. I just pray that as we are challenged to step to a new level uh, of how we view ourselves, how we view you, how we worship you, God, that you will give us the grace we need. Uh, the peace that we need, and maybe the little push that we need to step out, God. Uh, but I thank you for these people, and I thank you for the talents and, and, and the calling that you have in these lives, God. And uh, today we just, again, give you all the praise and honor that you deserve, God. We thank you for Jesus, and I pray all this and declare all this in his name. Amen.